0: You're listening to Perry Noble's thoughts on leadership, vision, and creativity. You can find Perry online at perrynoble.com.
1: Welcome back to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. We did the lessons from Chick-fil-A. We started that last week. We're going to continue that this week. We're going to dive
0: right in. Thanks for being back, and I hope you enjoy it. Chick-fil-A advised us on our tour uh, that as an organization grows, it will tend to slow down. Uh, have you found this to be true in our church, and/or um, how are we protecting against that trend?
1: Yeah, the the problem with with our church, and I just talk about our church. And if you're a church planter, you're going to face this challenge. Um, oh, excuse me, I just burped. When we when we started, we won't edit that out either. We'll leave that in. We're raw here on the Prairie Noble Leadership Podcast. <laughs> when we first started the church, we felt like we were very innovative because we were kind of going against you know, the traditional model. Hey, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this different, and it's awesome. Well, five years in, um, people that were new on staff started challenging the ideas that we had. And the biggest challenge for me as a leader was they weren't challenging old traditional ideas. They were challenging some of the ideas that I had been in a room and helped develop on a whiteboard that at once, one time were creative and innovative, and now they were out of date, and I had been a part of developing that. So it's like, oh my gosh, if I don't let this go, um, we can be a church that slows down. And so I don't want to. I don't want to be that church. I think the church that has um, done this the best, Shane, as far as not slowing down and being innovative, um, is Hillsong Church. I, I don't. I don't know of another church that has done it as well as them. And I remember asking Pastor Brian one time how they did that and him making the remark that one of the things, that this wasn't the only thing, but one of the things they did is he said, we're not afraid to hire young. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that is a great way to be innovative. If you want to reach people um, between 18 and 25, why not hire some people between 18 and 25? Because the 55-year-old man that's fat, got a pot belly, trying to wear skinny jeans and a V-neck and a scarf looks absolutely freaking ridiculous and he needs to knock it off and just hire somebody between the ages of 18 25
0: (laughs) please please uh, especially with the skinny jeans please
1: man go go get some fat jeans i think that's
0: a that's an interesting point from from uh uh brian houston how in the what makes by the way
1: by the way by the way brian houston can rock the skinny jeans
0: yeah because he's like six, because he's skinny,
1: fit. Yeah, him and, and cool. his son. And he lives in Australia. There is nobody in Brian Houston's family that's
0: ugly. Sure. I don't, I don't know what it is. I mean, everybody in that the family. People is in America need to cut it out. Yeah, um, but the one thing that makes it difficult when you say is that when you get to you know over forty, like some people at this table are, I'm over forty. Um, that um, it gets difficult to hire young because you think you know everything. Yep, and people and those. Young folks come in and start challenging everything, and it's difficult. What would you say? What? What? Where was it for you that you were able to let go of some of those things? So you know what, I am getting older. The people that I'm trying to reach are way younger than me. These people are challenging the system, which is good. How were you able to go through and say, you know what, I'm going to give a little bit of uh, uh, rope and see see how these these new ideas go?
1: I, I think the the biggest thing. Um, I was meeting with uh, Larry Osborne. He's a pastor. I've mentioned his name once once before. He's a pastor in San Diego and just a brilliant, brilliant guy. And we were talking about movements and he said, I've seen movements come and movements go in church world. And so I just asked him and I remember writing all this stuff down. I said, what are some things that you see kill movements? And he said, when a church, when it comes to hiring and bringing people in, when a church moves from anointing to pedigree it'll kill a movement. In other words, we'll look at a we'll look at a guy and they're 19 years old um, and he's very green and he's not meaning he saved the earth, meaning he's uh, <laughs> um cuz you got to say that this isn't politically correct podcast, not really. <laughs> um but he's he's no experience and you got the 34 year old guy who's got a little bit of, you know, he he could do the job in your heart you know the 19 year old could do a better job but you go with the 34 year old because they're safe um that they've got a they've got a degree they've got uh, some experience they, they've got a few more miles on them and you say well i'll go with with that person right there um, instead of the person that god's anointed to do the job and when we begin to make decisions like that um, in the church i think I think it's over I think we've got to I I think we've got to be willing to take risk on younger people coming in and doing the job. And one of the things is we want people to be at the spiritual maturity level that we are as they're coming in. We forget where we came from. We forget how Jesus saved us. We forget how far he's brought us. We forget the journey he's brought us on, and we're not willing to be as patient with them as the Lord was with us. Um, And when we realize good leadership is being as patient with somebody as the Lord has been with us, that's That's good good leadership.
0: That is good. That's real good. You know, along those same lines, uh, the ninth question is this. Dan Cathy talked with us about staying relevant uh, to their customers. Uh, Share your thoughts on this and how it applies to our church philosophy.
1: Well, one of the statements I think I wrote to Dan is I wrote, We cannot sit in yesterday and reach the next generation. Um, and the people have asked me, people have asked me before, do you think we'll ever have time travel? And I'm like, we do have time travel. Go to most churches. You, Mm -hmm. when you sit in them, you step back 50 years. Um, nothing has changed and people go, well, you, you don't need to water down the message. We need to be biblical. Well, if you're going to be truly biblical. Then get the pew out of your church because there are no pews. Get the air conditioner out of your church or the heater because there. I mean, that's. I mean, there's no air conditioner or heaters mentioned. Um, you can't use a hymnal because all they sang was psalms. Um, innovation is. Some people say, "Well, I'm not. All, I'm not for innovation." No, you're not for what makes you uncomfortable. You're for innovation. You're for innovation because you drove a car to church. So you love innovation. You just love innovation when it serves you, not reaches the world. Holy crap, that was awesome. Yeah. You, that, that's when you love innovation right there is when it serves you rather than reaching the world. And we got to change our mind about that and say, I'm going to love the innovation that actually reaches the world and makes an impact for Jesus rather than sit around and criticize people that are using technology to make an impact.
0: That's good. I'll let you share share the quote that Dan Cathy shared with us that was said by Jack Welch.
1: Yeah, Jack Welch said, when the rate of external change exceeds the rate of internal change, disaster is in, in, imminent.
0: In, what's that word? I don't think it's in,
1: in it's not intimate. Imminent. Imminent. There we go. I got hooked on Pahonics. <laughs> I couldn't. I can't say that word. There are some I mean, words I can't intimate, say. But I think we're, we're I can't say there. Massachusetts. Eminent. I can't. I can't say that word. It's the most difficult <laughs> word in the English language. to Anyway, imminent. Is that right? Imminent. Imminent. Yes. You know what? It looks like I wrote "intimate D- disasters." Hey, intimate. I just
0: cut and pasted your email to Dan. <laughs> I know that's what I'm, I can't believe. I told
1: Dan, Kathy, that disasters intimate. Um, wow, there's so many directions that conversation could go, and none of them are good. Um, but it's it's true. External change when it exceeds internal change. And so 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 look at the church. Nobody, nobody seems to think this is a problem, that the population in America is increasing and church attendance is decreasing. And we want to blame it on the people not coming to church when in actuality it's our fault because we've um, refused to be as passionate about Jesus as Chick-fil-A is about chicken.
0: So true. Question number 10. Uh, their organization is set up to where they have we talked about this a little bit, but they have a central organization leadership and vision casting, but their stores are run by owner-operators. What were some of the things uh, they expect in their owner-operators, and how uh, did they look at that relationship? Um, they wanted to make
1: sure their um, owner-operators were committed to the vision, not just compliant to the, to the vision. I think um, three things they said they looked for in an owner-operator, but I think this is – um something we can look for in a staff member i think it's something we could look for in a volunteer Mm -hmm. um is is they look for people that are willing to take ownership um take advantage of opportunity and people that were optimistic um and those three words spoke to me because i want somebody that's going to own the vision own the problem if somebody's always trying to blame somebody for everything that's going on in their area they're not taking ownership I'm, I need people looking for opportunity. Hey, what opportunities do we have in front of us to make what we're doing better? Um, good enough is not good enough. Good enough was never acceptable in the in the scriptures. I've heard people say, "Good enough is good enough." Well, that that's just not biblical. I mean, when they built the temple, what they do? They overlaid everything in gold. They overlaid everything in gold, the most precious metal on the planet. They put it all over every... Even the things... I mean, was it really necessary to overlay some of that stuff in gold? But they gave it their very best effort. And so I want people looking for those opportunity and optimis, optimistic people. I can't stand pessimistic people. They drive me up the wall. They find a, they find a problem in every solution. They're, the, they're like, well, I'm the devil's advocate. And I've always told people the devil doesn't need a freaking advocate. You're not supposed to be on his team. You're supposed to be on Jesus's team. And if you're working for the devil, I don't need you in this meeting. I need you to get out of here. I've gotten to have people that are optimistic, not yes men, mm-hmm. but people that are optimistic and say, Hey, we can, we can make sure that happens.
0: That's good. You know, one of the things, uh, Perry, that I wanted to ask you about was how this philosophy applies uh, to a church like ours. We have multiple sites. We have central leadership and vision when it comes to our ministry, but we have campus pastors and staffs that are operating all over the state, and I know there's lots of leaders listening to us that uh, operate a church similarly. I just want to talk about what they call the three things— the three levels of their that connection they they called a, a one first level was operational excellence the second was second mile service and the third emotional connections that's the bridge between the central leadership structure and the owners and operators. Uh, the first of those, operational excellence. That's what the company's responsible for, for providing great products. Right. The second was second-mile service. This is something that might be ideas that come centrally, but also could be something that was originates at a particular store. Right. And then the third was uh, emotional connections. These are things that happen mainly at the stores that make customers, local customers, come back again and again and again. So take those three things as an overview and talk about how it's important for our church or a multi-site church to uh, have some similar uh, connections?
1: Multi-site churches that try to let every church operate as its own individual uh, church without any specific vision, um, I don't think they'll see long-term success. I believe they can see some short-term success. I don't think they can see long-term success because people need to know that the experience is going to be the same. So operational excellence, the, the vision of New Spring Church, I mean, we got five core values, and those are the same at every church and you, you, it, you don't get to add a sixth core value. You don't get to take away one of the core values. Those are five core values. They're going to exist at every church. Second mile service, um, we have some campuses that that do different things for, for people, and that's okay. Um, as far as serving people, we want people coming up with the best ideas because if one campus comes up with a great idea, and it's great for that campus, if we can implement it in other campuses, we want to. And emotional connections, people... There is something about um, dropping your kid off in a kid's area and seeing the same worker every single week. Mm-hmm. And they know your name and you know their name. It doesn't matter if your church has 50 people or 5,000 people in it. If Mary is the one that meets you at that door every week and you, you get to know her name, she gets to know your name, that provides an emotional connection for your church.
0: It's real good. Uh, Number 11, they uh, used the phrase uh, quite frequently, simplify to amplify. What did that mean to you? You
1: you know, as your church grows, the temptation is going to be to be more complex, to do more things, to try to have more ministries. So you got to you got a youth ministry, and you got, you know, children's ministry, and you got a college ministry, and you got a singles ministry, and you got a singles again ministry. Then you got a I can not I-can't-get-married ministry. Then you got a I-was-married-but-I-didn't-like-being-married like ministry. Then you got my-dad-was-mean-to-me ministry. Then you got my-mama-was-mean-to-me, and then you got my-daddy-was-mean-to-my-mama. And you got, I mean, it that you can go and go and go with all these ministries, and it gets to the point of being absolutely ridiculous, so what you've got to what you got to learn how to do is say, hey, what are we going to do? Henry Ford had two questions um, for Ford Motor Company. I, I remember hearing this years ago. What is business? How's business? What is business? How's business? And when you when you can't define what business your, your business is to m- not make everybody happy. So we don't have eighty seven different ministries in our church. Um, but what we do, we're going to do it well. We, we're not called to do everything. We can't do everything. But we have decided to simplify to amplify. Um, and, you know, some churches love doing a lot of ministries. And I'm like, hope that works for you. But I think the more simple you get, the, the louder your message will be.
0: That's good. Uh, change gears a little bit. What did you learn about their hiring process and leadership development?
1: You should hire the best people possible, period. Let me say this to church leaders. If internally you have to talk yourself into hiring someone, you're probably about to hire the wrong person. Um, doesn't mean they're a bad person. doesn't mean they're not going to heaven one day when they die. It means they're not the person for the job. And so Chick-fil-A is passionate about hiring the right people. It's what Jim Collins talks about in Good to Great, get the right people in the right seats on the bus. Um, and then leadership development, once again, is they don't assume... That people know everything they need to know. They're they're committed to continual, consistent leadership training.
0: That's correct. Yeah, I think they said leaders don't develop by accident.
1: No, yeah, that was good. That was. I think I don't know if Dan said that or not. We'll but give him credit. Dan, you're the man.
0: Uh, all right, a couple more questions. Uh, they talked a lot about delivering value to their customers. How can a church do that?
1: Well, I think one of the things we got to focus on is. Um, and I'll mainly talk to pastors here, we've got to actually answer the questions that people are asking. Um, Nobody's showing up at our churches wanting to know about the tulip, Um, the five points of Calvinism. And let me say, maybe they are, but that dude's weird. It's always a dude, and he's not married, Um, which which should tell you something. I mean, it's true. It's a dude, and he's not married, Um, and he always wants to argue, and he's... Anyway, he's and he's never going to get married because he's at your church trying to argue with you. Um, but most people are showing up going, my kids are going crazy, I'm going broke, um, my marriage is on the rocks, um, I'm struggling with anxiety, um, and, and the church has refused to answer the question. We we will get up and do a historical lesson on the Ark of the Covenant. But but it, let me ask this question. It's going to sound a little sacrilegious. Who cares? Who cares about the Ark of the Covenant when my kid is three years old in the hospital and has leukemia? I don't care about the Ark of the Covenant. I want to know, can God heal my child? Mm-hmm. And if he chooses not to, then why not? Mm-hmm. Those and, 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 Shane, those are harder questions than the Ark of the Covenant. Mm-hmm. So the church has chosen many times to take the safe route rather than let's meet people where they are, <laughs> kind of like that crazy Jesus guy, and take them to where they need to be
0: so good they get lost in conversation instead of the importance of conversion.
1: Yeah, and so when when people leave our churches, they they find no value in the experience. You got bored kids, bored teenagers. People go, well most teenagers leave after the age of 18. The biggest dropout rate is between the, you know, 18 and 20. Well, cuz they got bored to death for 18 years. What do we expect them to do the first moment they have some freedom? We bored them and then we blame them for leaving when in actuality it's our fault because we consistently fed them a bad experience.
0: So true. All right, last question. Uh, Every organization has what I call the communication challenge. How can we communicate better, so to speak? Uh, What was your takeaway from Chick-fil-A on how they view the importance of good communication?
1: Well, the... The funny thing about communication is in any church, in any organization, it's always going to be a challenge. You're always going to feel like you did not communicate something. You're always, somebody's always going to feel left out. Um, half of the communication problems in our church could be solved if people would simply read their email. Um, when somebody asks a question that I've addressed in the email, I, I've literally just stopped and I'll call them incompetent on the spot. You're you're being incompetent right now. You're wasting my time. I want you to go to this email, I want you to pull it up. I want you to read the third sentence. What did I say? Did I address that? You did not read. You need to go read. Um I I, I and that's that's just, you know, one of the but then sometimes I forget to communicate things. I mean I'm I'm the bad guy. I forget to communicate things. I Make assumptions that people know what I'm talking about when they don't know what I'm talking about. And so there's always going to be a communication challenge, but I, I've challenged people in our church that the communication challenge is as much on you as it is on me. If you don't understand something and you don't ask, it's your fault. It's your fault. So communication is a two way street. If you're in an organization or a church, and you're like, well, they're not communicating to me, they're not communicating to me, and you don't care enough about what you're doing to actually get clarification, then it's not just your boss's fault or the senior pastor's fault. It's your fault, too, because you didn't care enough about what you're doing to um, ask for clarification.
0: That's really good. And one thing I'll say about that, Perry, is you know that starts at the top. You have to have a leader that creates an environment where it's okay to ask questions. Yep. And a lot of leaders are um, scared to do that mm-hmm. uh, because they don't want to address questions. Uh, but I love that uh, we give our people here the opportunity to say, "Hey, if you don't understand, just ask." Because um, "I wish I would have known" isn't a good excuse. No, in the Spring
1: Church, and you know, and we and there's a way to do that. You do it behind closed doors. You do it with respect. You don't cop an attitude. Um, I, I just I th- I think the right way to treat it is asking questions and we cannot call that um a sign of disrespect i actually think it's a sign of respect when somebody wants to know not just what they're doing but why they're doing it did allie just beat was yeah. that you that
0: beat um well I we're going allie to beat. blame allie because yes. she brings her phone in and keeps it on yes she does she leaves her passport in various places she around did. the world. The first time we all went to Israel. I'm just going to make the assumption that uh, she was in the vicinity of the beep. Let's yep. blame it on her.
1: It's definitely her. <laughs> well, pray for uh, pray for Allie. Start a website. PrayforAllie.com. Don't don't go there. I'm not even sure what that's. <laughs> yeah, probably. There's no telling what it's that probably is. Probably a. I don't. Oh God, help us. Don't go to that website. All right. <laughs> well, somebody we, buy that website quick <laughs> yeah. right now.
0: Um, with that, Perry, we've covered a lot of ground today, but hopefully our listeners will, will glean some understanding of, of that we did from a, an exceptional organization that has an exceptional product. And so uh, as we uh, end up today's uh, podcast, any final thoughts about that or anything else before we close it down?
1: I would was, just I was tell leaders that if you want to grow in your leadership, it's up to you to pursue growth. Um, the Chick-fil-A, I mean, it, you're listening to this and you're going to think, well, I'm going to call them and I'm going to run down there and hang out with them we worked on this for, what, a year and a half two years to get this set up I mean, it wasn't easy um, and it, it was one of those things that had to come together and everybody's schedule had to match up And um, it, it's, but you can't say well, I can't make with Chick-fil-A so I can't, I can't go. No, there are websites, there are books there are leadership articles, there are that we've got more leadership resources right now in our country at our fingertips um, than—well, think about this. The apostles didn't have the leadership resources that we had. Well, they had Jesus. Okay, well, they didn't even know who he was for three years. They still (laughs) thought he was a political messiah. They screwed the whole thing up, and it was by the grace of God they actually got to be apostles. Um, So I I would say that we've got more resources at our fingertips. There's no— excuse for a leader who's not growing to not grow.
0: So true. And we'll just give a shout out to our friend, Jeff Henderson, who helped uh, us. Love Jeff Henderson. He's the man. He and The is other thing awesome. is, anybody who's listening say, well, you might not be able to meet with Chick-fil-A, but in your town, whatever town you're in, there's an organization, a business, something that's run well, and you know it. Yep. Talk to those people. There's a church that's run well, and you know it. Talk to those people. But like you said, Perry, there's leadership wisdom to be found everywhere if you just want it, and we'll go looking for it. So with that, I'm going to say goodbye. Thanks for hanging in with us today, and we'll see you next month.